You're listening to the Boise Community Church Podcast. We desire to be a people who are following Jesus authentically and missionally. For more information, please visit boisecommunitychurch.org. Good morning. Energy, people. Energy. Um, my name is Graham. Um, those of you that don't know me, hello. I'm part of the leadership team here at Boise Community Church. Um, I'm honored to stand with you guys today um, and really touched to see uh, some of you. Um, those of you that don't know me, it's pretty funny. I'm in a high school administrator, and every time I've been asked to preach, there's been a high school dance that I've had to shop around the night before. So um, God bless those hormones for keeping me up late the night before I have to, uh, have to preach. But um, before I begin, there are Bibles in the back. If you'd like one, they're free. If you need one, take one. Uh, that's why they're there. Also, if you've been coming to church, um, if you're new to the church or have been coming here for a while uh, and have questions for the leadership or anything, fill out an information card, put it in the tithe box, and we would be happy to get back to you. So, um, A theme or word that I've heard these past couple weeks is the term worthiness. Uh, whether it be friends feeling unworthy, family members conquering fear to feel worthy, or myself feeling unworthy because of questions that myself or others have placed in my mind. The common theme of feeling unworthy is very popular in today's world. Unworthy of love, unworthy of position, unworthy of forgiveness, unworthy of family. But today, church, I hope you walk away knowing that you are worthy because you are a child of God through the work that Jesus has done is doing, and will continue to do. Amen? Amen. Yes, let's pray. God, we just thank you for today and for this opportunity to meet freely. Uninhibited, Lord, by the pressures of, this, of the world, but God, may you be praised and glorified this morning, for this church is not about us, but it's about you. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. Amen. Uh, before we begin, let's review uh, where we've gone so far um, with this series. Uh, if you've missed any of these last weeks, you can listen to them online through our podcast, which can be found on any platform. Uh, but week one, we looked at Galatians 1, and the theme was authentic gospel. Uh, and Mike really focused on the challenges that face the gospel today. Uh, then we jumped into week two with Galatians 2, 1 through 10, and we just asked the question, how is God working in your life? And then... Is the fruit that God is producing visible? Week three, we looked at Galatians 2, 11 through 21, and just really asked the question, are you living a gospel-driven life? In week four, we asked the question in Galatians 31 through 22, what aspects of life are shaping you or forming you? And then last week, we had the pleasure of hearing Kyle share his heart, but also the church's heart, how, we jump, how we're going to be jumping into serving the school in Nigeria. Um, so again, if you missed it, please listen to the podcast. But. And then this week, the title of my sermon is called, I Am Worthy of the Family Business. Again, it's called, I Am Worthy of the Family Business. So here's where we're going today, guys. Okay? Number one, we're going to be looking at the law and what it really meant for the followers of Jesus and what it means today. Number two, we're going to be looking at how Jesus changed everything. Number three, because of that, we are now co-heirs with Christ. And number four, we're family. All my brothers, sisters, and me. 
So let's jump in, guys. This week we'll be in Galatians 3, verses 23 through chapter 4, verse 7. Please read with me. The words will be on the screen as I read aloud. Verse 23. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that must have come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all you who were baptized in Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew, nor Gentile, nor slave, nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are able to, then you are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. What I'm saying is that as long as an heir is underage, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also when we were underage, we were enslaved under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship, because you are his sons. God sent the Spirit of the Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you an heir. The word of the Lord. So have you guys ever started a process, and then during the middle of it, everything just starts to go awry? I immediately think of every kind of construction project known to mankind. Or have you ever led a group and really had the best intentions, but the results that you were expecting weren't exactly the results that happened? And an example of this is I was teaching biology a couple years ago, and I entered the class mid-year because the class was low and they wanted me to step in and kind of raise the class up. So I was like, okay, let's do this. And so I stepped in. And I was giving these lessons that were like, I was giving real life examples to represent the scientific topics and the biological processes. And I was relating the different terms, the different characters in my story. And I thought I was killing it because the kids were like loving it. They were just like eating out of the palm of my hand. But when it came to assess these students, I asked them to define the biological process. And all they could do was tell me the story that I told them in class. So it's kind of fun reading my own stories when it came to their tests. But um, needless, needless to say, it didn't work out. But that was Paul. Okay? It's his story with Galatia. The Galatians really struggled with understanding the gospel. He went through Galatia on his first three missionary trips. But the individuals that accepted Christ ended up turning back to, to Judaism or converted to Judaism and went to worship in the synagogue. They felt like they had to do something in order to be a follower of Jesus. There are many religions today that do the same, skewing the gospel so that individuals involved feel like they need to do in order to receive God's approval. They feel the need to justify themselves. But church, I feel like that, that it is more than a religious issue. As people, we long for acceptance. We long for love, to know that our lives count. As people of Christ, we all long to stand before God one day, knowing that we have been accepted and approved. We all think that if we do something, or the more we do, we will really matter. This is an Old Testament law that the Jews believed. If we follow these steps, 
And if we do these things, then we'll be accepted by God. Paul puts in his first three verses, describes the Jewish law these way, two ways. Number one was a jailer in verse 23. It says, before the coming of this faith, we're held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. And then secondly, he says in verse 24 that it's a guardian. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. This term, uh, guardian, in the Jewish, actually is called is the term pedagogue, or pedagogos. Everybody say pedagogos. <laughs> pedagogos, I love that. Pedagogos. It's where we get the English word uh, pedagogy, which means teaching style or teaching methodology. Um, but in the Jewish, uh, it actually was a trusted slave or servant uh, that would watch over their master's child. The pedagogue would watch over the child and accompany them watching their behavior, and most of all, see that they're safe. An example of this was in the, the Disney movie Lion King, when Zazu had to watch over Simba to be his pedagogist to make sure he was safe. Now, he failed miserably, but it's an easy application for you guys to relate pedagog to. Thank you for those who laughed, I appreciate it. Um, what a pedagog was. James Boyce puts it this way. When the child was a minor in the eyes of the law, his status was no different from that of a slave. Even though he was the future owner of a vast estate, he could make no decisions. He had no freedom. On the other hand, at the time set by his father, the child entered into his responsibility and freedom. In church, I want to ask you today, how many of you are waiting till you come of age spiritually? Scared that you aren't good enough and ready enough to walk in what God has for you? Again, I'll ask, how many of you are waiting till you come of age spiritually? Scared that you aren't good enough or ready enough to walk in what God has for you? Overall, we see, church, that the law is a form of bondage, which literally means the state of being a slave. But good news, here comes Jesus. Chapter 4, verses 4 through 5 state that when the set time had fully come, God sent his Son born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so that we might receive adoption through sonship. Jesus claimed in John 10, 30, that I and the Father are now one. But with the Holy Spirit, we have access to that relationship, for we are now co-heirs with Christ. And John chapter 17, verse 23 says, I am them, and you and me. We are united with Jesus through our baptism. And just as God says when Jesus is baptized, he says the same of us. This is my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Church, we are God's beloved child. Soak it in. Believe it. This is my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. Jesus took the punishment that the law required, even though he didn't deserve it just so we could have this intimacy with God. He came at the right moment in history to redeem humanity so that we might receive this gift of family. In verse 6 of our passage, it says, Because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts. The Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child... God has also made you an heir. 
This term Abba that Paul's uh, using is an intimate term that means Papa or Daddy, uh, not the 70s pop band. Um, but Jesus calls us to walk in this intimate relationship when he tells us to pray our Father or Dear Papa or Dear Daddy. I trust in you as the one who will not fail, but you are the one who cares for his children. Church, we are no longer slaves, no longer in need of pedagogos, but we are family. Romans 8, 14-19 says that all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves, instead you have received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. In Roman culture, uh, adoption took place out of the desire of the adopter, not due to the need of the adopted. It's kind of flipped of what it is today. I'll say it again. Adoption took place out of the about, if I can talk. Adoption took place out of the desire of the adopter, not due to the need of the adopted. The individual doing the adopting saw something in, in the adoptee that they wished to add to their family. Character traits that they wanted to add to their family to continue their family lineage. It's personal. So think about it personally with our spiritual adoption. With all of our brokenness, with all of our weirdness, with all of our curse, God says to us and says, I want you in my family. He wants you, the whole thing. Don't be shy. A more beautiful picture is that the adopted party would have all previous debts, charges, canceled and assumed by the new family. 100%. The adopted individual literally turned over a new leaf and started anew. Take a moment to soak that in as well with our spiritual adoption. We have all debts, all charges, all shame, all guilt, forgiven, and we are made new in Jesus. When Jesus went to the cross, he cried out, Tatelstai, which means it is finished or it is done. Bless you. Um, but it also means paid in full. Yeah. All debts, all charges, all guilt, all shame, paid in full. God has invited us and welcomed us into his family. We don't owe, him, we don't owe our old life one ounce of attention or effort because we've been shaped by our relationship with God as when we entered God's family. And in conclusion, church, because we entered God's family, we assume the family business. Now, what is that? It's to follow the example of Jesus. And if you don't know that, please read the Gospels, because they give you a good example of what the family business is. Okay? But the Bible tells us that Jesus entered into the disordered mess of humanity. God entered into imperfection so that his perfection could complete a work in us. I'll say it again. God entered into imperfection 
so that his perfection could complete the work in us. Jesus got involved in the mess of people's lives so that we might see Jesus and God for who he is. That's the business. Get involved in people's lives so that they might see Jesus. So that we may do the same as we walk in imitation of Jesus. Because we are co-heirs with Christ, the law and the world have no power over us. We are welcomed into the family of God, and there is no need to self-justify because the cross has spoken freedom over us. May we believe that and walk in that daily. We are worthy of the family business. Let's pray. God, we praise you for your forgiveness, and we thank you for giving us the opportunity to live and walk as a member of the family of God. Help us see that, you are, that we are worthy, and help us walk in your love and reflect your spirit. Help us understand our need for a relationship with you, Father. We love you, Lord. May we walk in humility, and may we reflect your light. Amen.